We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, welcome into Candlestick Chronicles, a 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm Kyle Madsen. I write about the 49ers over at NinersWire.com, part of the USA Today Sports Media Group. Flying solo tonight, Chris Biederman on assignment at game six of the Warriors and Kings series. Not a great game for the Dubs. Uh, the Kings blow them out at Chase Center. So there will be a game seven on Sunday. But also going on Friday was day two of the NFL draft. The 49ers were very active. Let's talk about the picks. Blue wire. Hey, this is George Kittle, and you're listening to Candlestick Chronicles. I sat on this pod with Chris after day one. I, I, I said, I think they're going to trade up. They didn't trade up as early as I thought, though. I thought for sure San Francisco was going to move up into the like maybe early to mid 70s, maybe late 60s if they if they really found an offer that that they liked. But they wound up waiting until number 87 where they traded up with the Minnesota Vikings. They sent the 102nd pick and then one of their fifth round picks and a seventh round pick to Minnesota in exchange for the number 87 selection where they took Penn state safety Jair Brown. And this is a player that I don't know if we talked about him a ton on the pod, but I wrote a little bit about him after he met with the 49ers and watched him a little bit. And he's a, I'm, I'm fascinated that they took a safety. That's that's, First things first here, because you can make an argument. Well, their their safety depth just in general wasn't good. So it, it made sense that they would take a safety. But the fact that they traded up for a player like Brown, who I, I, I think, based on what I watched, can be interchangeable at free safety or strong safety. He's not huge. He's 5'11", 203, but he, can, he has the skill set to play the strong safety spot where he can move him down toward the line of scrimmage. He can cover in that area. Um, I don't know if you can play him like Jimmy Ward and make him like just like, hey, you're going to play nickel this season. But he can play effectively in coverage down near the line of scrimmage. But then he's athletic enough to play that free safety spot. There's if you go just if you just turn on highlights, you don't need to go track down like full games. But 
just on his highlights, there's a ton of big hits. You can tell this dude uh, loves to get downhill. There's some missed tackles in there, which are definitely a problem, but uh, he can play. My question is whether he's going to start. And I, 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 Tayshawn Gibson was good last year. I don't, I don't want to come off as though I'm, I'm trying to shade Tayshawn, Tayshawn Gibson in any way here. But he turns 33 on August 7th. And one of the issues the 49ers had last year was coverage in the deep area of the field. And part of that was was on Talano Hufanga, but but I think part of it too was on Tayshawn Gibson. And he had, like I said, had a really good year. He had five interceptions, started all 17 games at free safety after coming on as like a camp body in the final week of the preseason. Like super impressive year. And he was he was really good. Resigns on a one-year deal and is the presumed starter, but I think there's a real chance that Jair Brown comes in and takes the starting job. Just because of his interchangeability, he was a turnover machine at Penn State. He he was over his... So he, let me back up. He started his college career at Lackawanna Junior College in Pennsylvania. He's a New Jersey kid. Went to junior college for two years before transferring to Penn State in 2020. In 2020, he played nine games at Penn State. He didn't get any starts. He didn't re- just wasn't really an effective D1 player yet. But his second season, 2021, he became a starter. He played and started all 13 games in each of his final two years and was just a turnover machine. He had 10 interceptions over those two years, three forced fumbles, three fumble recoveries. He was the team MVP in 2022 and just really grew into, into a really, really fine player. And it's easy to see how a player with his mindset and his skill set would come in and just be the day one starter. And if Tayshawn Gibson wasn't around, that would be a no brainer. So I'm fascinated to see what the 49ers plan is for Brown, because if he doesn't start this year, at the very least, he is good depth for San Francisco in a position. They didn't really have great depth. They have Gibson, they have Hufanga. And then it was like miles Hartsfield, who is still a question mark on exactly what position he's going to play, but a versatile safety who could also play nickel corner is going to probably find a spot on the roster, especially since he spent the first part of his career in Carolina and was under Steve Wilkes last year, the 49ers new defensive coordinator who was the interim head coach in Carolina last year after Matt rule got fired. So he's familiar with Hartsfield. I'm sure they have some role in mind for him. And then it's George Odom, and Taylor Hawkins, who was an undrafted free safe, uh, uh, excuse me, undrafted free agent last year. And George Odom's a special teams ace. Like if he's in the game, it's like, okay, but you don't want him to be like your third safety or even uh, fourth safety. You're probably fine, but it, definitely you don't want him being your, your, your best option is the third safety. So at the very least, this gives the 49ers some good depth at the position. And I think Brown, because of his interchangeability, can be a little bit of a chess piece, even if he's not the starting free safety in year one. And uh, down the road, post Tayshawn Gibson, now they have the presumed starter at free safety for the foreseeable future. Of, if his game translates to the NFL, of course, he hasn't played a snap yet. But you see what the vision is for the 49ers. I am fascinated to see, though, if they're just going to give Gibson the starting job, just based on how well he played last year, And the fact he's a veteran, he signed on a one-year deal. But man, Brown is an exciting, exciting player. John Lynch was really fired up about him. He said in his post, his post day two press conference that, that, um, 
and granted GMs are going to say this all the time, but Lynch looked genuinely really excited about it that, and maybe he's lying, who knows, but he talked about how Brown was, there was this group of players that they were looking at on day two and Brown was at the top of that list and they didn't think they could wait around any longer. So they traded up to get him, and they didn't have to give up a lot. I, I, I was also thinking if they traded up, they were going to need to give up multiple third round picks. They gave up just the one third, a fifth and a seventh, a really smart move for a player who, like I said, it, it, at worst this year is a interchangeable kind of chess piece reserve third safety. And at best is a starting free safety and creating turnovers in the back end of the 49ers defense. So really like the Jair Brown pick. There are a ton of people who create 49ers content who are fired up about him. Um, so I, uh, I really like this pick for the 49ers. I'm not going to do the grade thing. I'm sorry. I'm not going to give it a grade. I like it. That's a, that's what you get. I'll do a grade on this in three years. That's when I'll grade, grade a draft. After three seasons. Then we can do the grade thing. You know? I get I get why we like grades. It was like in school when a when a professor would or a teacher would give you a paper and you'd be like, How long is the paper supposed to be? And they're like, no length, just right. You're like, no, 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 no. Because if you tell me that, you're getting two pages, bro. You tell me six, okay, fine, I'll crank out six. I'll add some extra words, double space, up a half font, double space after the periods. No, it's two and a two and a quarter space. I forget. It's been so long since I've been in school. All right. 49ers second pick. So they moved up with the 102nd pick, which means they still had 99 and 101 at their disposal. At number 99, they, I don't want to say made the surprise pick of the draft because it wasn't, but they took kicker Jake Moody out of Michigan. And it's the earliest a kicker has gone since Roberto Aguayo went number 59 overall to the Buccaneers in the 2016 draft. It's the earliest the 49ers have ever taken a kicker. They picked Jeff Chandler 102 overall in 2002. That pick didn't work out great. But the rationale for it made sense. John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan said after after day two that the reason they went up to get Moody, or not went up to get Moody, but the reason that they took Jake Moody is because they don't have any picks in the fourth round. They are, they're not set to pick until middle of the fifth round, middle, late fifth round. I forget exactly when, but they're not scheduled to pick until the fifth round. And so had they passed on Moody in round three, they were likely not going to get him. And they had so much conviction that he was the very best kicker available. And he struggled in the early part of his college career. He went 17 for his first 25 over his first three years. But then over the last two years, he was he was really, really good. He went uh, 52 for 60, and he didn't miss an extra point in college. He was 148 for 148 on extra point tries. He had a career long of 59. And he had a lot of really big kicks for, for, for Michigan. If you want to get convinced about Jake Moody, go watch the clip of Rich Eisen being fired up about Jake Moody. He talked about it. he's been a Michigan fan since 1986. He's the best kicker that Michigan's ever had and all this stuff. So if that's the case, if Jake Moody is this really reliable kicker, then good for the 49ers. They did trade for Zane Gonzalez earlier in this offseason, but that was a 2025 seventh-round pick swap with Carolina. So they may not even wind up swapping those picks if Carolina's seventh is better. They They may not even 
do that where they just they wind up getting Zane Gonzalez for nothing. So it's not like they have this big investment and 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 now they're investing a third and they're going to have some kicker battle. There, I'm guessing there will be some form of competition, but the job is Jake Moody's. They're not going to use the 99th pick on a kicker and then not have him be their kicker. Unless he really just totally falls apart, but that's a different conversation. I'm guessing Zane Gonzalez is more insurance than competition, if that if that makes sense. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. But no, but Kyle Shanahan, the other thing is he said that they felt like kicker was the only position that they needed a starter at going into this draft. And like, I, I, I understand it's the 99th pick. It's the third round. You don't see kickers go that early. The earliest, if you go look at the first kicker off the board and in, in the past several drafts, it's, you know, the 130s, 140s, 150s, that range. And fine, maybe you find a good player there, but the Niners are coming off of having Robbie Gold, who was super reliable for them, especially in the postseason. And I think he had a stretch in 2021 where he struggled a little bit, but he but he eventually figured that out. And he was really good for San Francisco for a lot of years. And now they get a rookie in Jake Moody, who they, the coaching staff, the 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 front office, they're convinced that he was the number one kicker on the board far and away. And he fell to them at 99. And I get it. They don't pick in the fourth round. Moody was probably going to go before then. Like, could they have went? Sure. But if that's a position that they felt was was atop their list of needs, then go for it, man. You just better hope it works. Because you think it's bad. If Kyle Shanahan thinks it's bad when a running back they take in the third round doesn't work out, wait till they see what it's like if that kicker doesn't work out. That would be rough. I don't have any Jake Moody takes. I'm sorry. I, I don't I, I don't like know how to grind kicker tape. So that's what I've got. They used a 99th pick on a kicker who they believe is the best in the class. And for what it's worth, Dane Brugler at the Athletic had him ranked number one in this class as well. So take that for what it's worth. He can also do kickoffs. 
And that's that's a pretty big deal because Robbie Gold was was not great at kickoffs. Mitch Wisnowski is not either. If Jake Moody, at the very least, can come in and boot kickoffs into or out of the end zone, like that's an upgrade. That's an upgrade just in that area of the game. But if he's a reliable place kicker as well, the the 49ers could be looking at their 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 next kicker for a long, long time. The final pick on day two, so day two is rounds two and three. Niners didn't pick in round two. The final pick of day two for the 49ers was the 101st overall pick. They took Alabama tight end Cameron Latu with that pick. And I I really, really enjoyed Latu. I think they might have been able to wait a little bit longer to take him. But again, they don't pick in the fourth round. So they're in a spot where they can't necessarily sit there and and know that, yeah, hey, this player who might go in the fifth round is going to be there sometime in the fourth so he can use the pick then. They don't pick until the 155th selection. And then they pick again at 173. Those are their two fifth-round picks. So if they didn't use a pick on Latu at 101, they weren't going to pick again until 155. That's a lot of picks. And there would already been a ton of tight ends taken off the board. So I I really, really like this pick, and I I get what the 49ers are trying to do here because they've they've been trying to find like a second tight end who who acts as a receiving threat behind George Kittle. And Charlie Werner never developed as a as a pass catcher. Ross Dwelly is fine as your your third or fourth guy at the position certainly not a, a tight end too Tyler Croft didn't work out they tried to bring in Jordan Reed he got hurt that was in 2020 he was banged up and they've just not really been able to find a a second tight end who's an actual receiving threat that allows them to go two tight end sets where the team has to respect the defense has to respect that second tight end as a, as a pass catching option. Now, Latu's not a great blocker, but he's played in line. He's played as a move blocker. That's something that I think can be fixed with a desire and B coaching. 6'4, 242. He has the requisite size. You get him in an NFL training room. He's going to get a little bigger, a little stronger. And the thing that jumps out to me is the last two years at Alabama. So he's at Alabama for five years. He didn't start any games his first three years, but he did play in 25. He played 51 games in his college career. Started 25 of them, but those were all in the last two years. He didn't catch a pass till 2021. And in 2021, he caught 26 balls for 410 yards and eight touchdowns. Backed that up last year with 30 catches, 377 yards, and four touchdowns. Either one of those seasons individually outperforms what all of the 49ers backup tight ends did total over the last two years combined. He's a smooth route runner, knows how to get open. There's plenty of plays where he's just open because Alabama's offense is ridiculous and defenses can't cover anybody. I'm sorry, can't cover everybody. But he um, he has, a I, I, I think, real upside as a pass catcher. Certainly more upside that a guy like Charlie Werner had, and Werner was drafted as one of the best run-blocking tight ends in the class, and he he is definitely a capable blocker, but he's just not developed as a pass catcher. I think the 49ers are maybe hoping he could, 
but he just, he really hasn't. And they haven't done anything more than, so George Kittle was a fifth round pick. Dwelly is an undrafted free agent. They, they drafted Warner in the sixth round. There was a fifth round pick, fifth or sixth round pick, whose name escapes me, who did not even make the team and wound up going on to the Giants. But again, that's a late round pick. That's a day three pick. They've not, and and then and then free agents, but free agents like Jordan Reed, Tyler Croft, not really committing to adding anything at that position. But now they've used a third round pick on Latu. They identified this is the guy who's going to a like I mentioned, he can help in two tight end sets, where it's just another wrinkle in this offense that is just full of wrinkles. If they can have a legitimate pass catching option as a second tight end. And they roll a two tight end set out, and now it's Kittle split out wide, and it's Latu split out in the slot, and Christian McCaffrey in the backfield. It's just there's there's so many there's there's so many options that that opens up for Kyle Shanahan and the 49ers offense, it just makes them that little bit more difficult to defend. They're just a pain in the ass. It's that personnel versatility, right? You can go two tight ends, and they're in tight in in the formation, and then the next snap, it's the same personnel grouping and you have a bunch of wide receivers. That's one part of it. The other part of it, though, is the part that's tougher to bring up. <laughs> but George Kittle, A, has battled injuries his entire career. He's play, He hasn't, it's not like he's missed, you know, boatloads of time, but he misses a game here and there, but he's just playing through injuries. He's nicked up, he's banged up. And he turns 30 in early October. Like Latu's gonna help as as the tight end two with George Kittle. But then also this to me is the 49ers starting to look a few years down the road in the post Kittle era. And I think their hope is that Latu's gonna be a player who eventually comes along and can be their starting tight end whenever George Kittle is no longer in a 49ers uniform, whether that's in two years or three years or four years or however long. But that's what this third-round investment is to me. They, they're not investing a third-round pick because they like Latu's demeanor as an inline blocker, and they're going to use him as a tight end, too, and he's going to play 13% of the snaps. And I, I, that's <laughs> if, they, if they wanted that, they, they frankly, they, again, could have waited till the fifth round and just grabbed a guy who's a capable blocker who was never going to develop as a pass catcher and throw him into that role, and you have Warner and that guy and Dwelly and Kittle, and you just go on as they've been going on. But this is A... I think a a change Shanahan wants to make to his offense where they can roll out a second tight end, but then it also gives them a little bit of insulation from a George Kittle injury where when Kittle goes out, they just don't have another option. They, they That tight end spot is just no longer a threat that defenses have to worry about. But if Latu is going to come along, and, and even if he needs some work as a blocker, if he can just be a, a, a better pass catcher right away, that gives them a little bit of something if George Kittle is banged up or unavailable. And then, like I said, in the future, you hope that he develops as a blocker and can be a legitimate starting TE1 in the NFL. The five-year senior at Alabama, he played a ton of football at a really good program. I'm going to use a draft term here. You like the upside, especially um, especially as a pass catcher. If you go watch him, don't expect to see like a like a George Kittle type, you know, explosive athlete. He's not that. The four seven eight forty with a one six six ten yard split, thirty two and a half inch vertical, ten foot broad jump. Like he's he's fine. He's it, he's it's fine. 
but he's a smooth route runner. He understands how to get open. He's he's athletic enough. Like it's not like he's a he's a oaf. But it's not like he's lumbering out there. He's a good route runner, knows how to get open. He can he can make catches through contact. I'm really excited about the Cameron Latu pick. I actually think I had a mock to the 49ers, but definitely not, definitely not in the third round. But again, at this point in the draft, it's hard to identify like what's a reach, right? Like the Lions took Jameer Gibbs, was it 16th, 12th, whatever it was. They took him in the first round. It was like, holy smokes, this that this is where they're taking this guy? I think it was 12. Like, this is this is where the Lions are at. Like that, you can go, eh, it feels like a bit of a reach. But at this point in the draft, like who knows? And when you're the 49ers and you're not picking again until 155th, you got to wait 54 picks. Could they trade up? Yeah, but that's not a guarantee. You don't know that you're going to be able to trade up. So you circle your guys, you identify your guys, and you go get them, whether they're a kicker or a tight end two or otherwise. So really fascinating day two for the 49ers. (laughs) The only starter they drafted, the only sure starter they drafted is a kicker. But I think Jair Brown, I think I think he's going to eventually start this year. If it's not right away, I, I think that's coming eventually. I think he's a really, really talented player. I I I like Jair Brown a lot. He's a ton of fun to watch. Like, like I said, go to YouTube and punch in Jair Brown highlights. It's J-I apostrophe A-Y-I-R. Brown. Goes by Tig, it turns out. Short for Tigger, like the Winnie the Pooh character. His mom gave him that name because he bounced around so much as, as, as a kid. That's according to Dane Brugler of The Athletic. That's great. I love that. Also averaged a double-double as a senior in high school in basketball and like led the state with 6.7 steals a game. Love that. Multi-sport athlete. Shout out. So that's what the 49ers did on day two. They wound up making three picks in the third round, but they managed to get up into uh into the middle of the third round with that 87th selection they did have to use one of their fifth round picks though so they only have two fifth round picks that's been the money round for them they have their own pick at 155 they have the 173rd pick via miami that's the one they got in the jail wilson jr trade their sixth round pick at number 216 is a compensatory choice they have the 247th overall pick that's their own and then a couple of comp picks at the back end of the seventh round at 253 and 255. They don't have the Mr. Irrelevant pick this year. As far as what they need to do on day three, I think they need to find some kind of depth at offensive tackle. Even if it's a project, even if it's somebody who isn't going to compete for a starting job but could compete for the swing tackle job, I think they can add some defensive end help. I would be shocked if they didn't take a linebacker. I I I would be stunned if a linebacker doesn't go off the board for San Francisco here at some point. They definitely need some depth there. I think maybe a wide receiver would make sense. Shannon is drafting a running back. Like they're I I I I sincerely believe they're going to draft a running back at some point. Um, but I I, I would assume that that happens later. Maybe they move up. They have they have a little bit of ammunition here with the three seventh round picks and that sixth round pick. Maybe they move up a little earlier into the fifth or into the back end of the fourth, but I I, I don't think we're going to see a ton of movement from them on, on day three. They use three picks. They have six left. Maybe they package a, a couple of those and move up a little bit, but I don't, I don't think it's going to be anything substantial. The other interesting thing that happened on day two 
was the Titans traded up to draft Will Levis, the quarterback out of Kentucky. So Houston drafted a quarterback, Tennessee drafted a quarterback, and those were the two like main destinations that made a lot of sense for Trey Lance. And both of those teams now have rookie quarterbacks. So I'm taking that off the board. And if there was any doubt left that the 49ers are going to hang on to Trey Lance, it, it, that seems to be what's, what's going to happen. Barring something dramatic. Never say never. I said never that Jimmy Garoppolo would be on the team last year and got burned. So I'm sticking firmly to the never say never mantra. That's what our favorite cast member and friend of the show, Nick Wagner goes by. He's covered this league for a long time and is much smarter than I am. I'm just going to follow. I'm just going to follow his lead on that. So that's where the Niners are at after day two of the draft. It's Jair Brown, the safety out of Penn state, Jake Moody, the kicker out of Michigan, and then Alabama tight end Cameron Latu. Um, again, I, I'm not going to give you a grade. I understand the justification for the kicker pick. I really like Latu a lot, even if you think it's a quote unquote reach in the third round. And, and I think Jair Brown is going to be a starting caliber safety in the NFL. If not near one, certainly by, by year two and the 49ers needed a long-term replacement for Jimmy Ward. So overall, I think a successful day two for the 49ers really interested to see what day three, um, what day three has in store for them. Because again, I'm surprised that they didn't look at the right tackle spot where Colton McKivitz doesn't really have any competition right now. Maybe they try and find that in the fifth round. Maybe again, they go with uh, with a running back here at some point because you know, Kyle Shanahan's going to do that. And I really think defensive end depth is something that they, that they could use as well. A uh, heartbreaking moment real quick before we go, Marte Mapu, my guy stingers up Sac state alum was drafted by the Patriots. Really happy for him that he went on day two. And I'm really happy for him that he's going to a defense, a Bill Belichick defense that's going to utilize him properly and in all the ways that that he can find success in the NFL. He's not going to get pigeonholed into like one weird role where he's, you know, weak side linebacker or whatever. I think Belichick's going to move him around. I think he's going to have a lot of success. I was just really hoping that that it would be in the Bay Area. Alas, we move. Day three, you're probably listening to this on day three. Day three might be over by the time you're listening to this. Predictions, real quick. Um, lo- love the love the pick that the Niners traded up for, maybe? And boy, just some really good depth added to an already good roster. Those are my day three thoughts if you're listening to this after day three is already wrapped. No, but seriously, Chris will be back. We're going to record a pod on Sunday evening. Check that. We're not because that's game seven. We're going to record a pod either Sunday or Monday that will kind of recap the draft and and spin this forward and look at what the 49ers are looking at going ahead. So thanks, everybody, so much for bearing with me on a solo pod. My brain is fried. I've been a Warriors game. I've been writing stuff all day. So again, thank you for bearing with me for a solo pod. I really appreciate it. Subscribe, rate, review if you have not done that yet. And we will be back with a full 49ers draft recap next time. Check your feeds and we appreciate you so much. Bye.